This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free at 855-453-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy all the features that await you there. Once again, freetalklive.com, you can take control of the site. You can submit different things to it. It's basically a social bookmarking website for our listening audience. So when you're surfing around the web, you find something that you think is interesting, maybe fun, something serious, who knows, whatever you think our listeners would like, you can submit it as show prep at freetalklive.com. Then other listeners are able to vote. And of course, you can vote on things as well. The most voted up, make it to the front page in the top of the site over at freetalklive.com. Of course, if your item is on the front page at the top, we're more likely to see it, therefore more likely to talk about it. But of course, if you want something to absolutely get on the air, then you've got to call in 855-450-FREE. That is the way that uh, we do things here. 1-855-450-3733. So to start things out here tonight, uh, there's a little bit of a difference on this evening's program. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Allie. And JJ. And uh, Mark is uh, is shuffling his schedule around. Uh, you guys are going to be regularly here together on uh, Friday nights, uh, which I think is great because you guys were on, it was JJ Thursdays and then Allie Fridays, and now we've combined the two of you, which I think will be best for on air sure. and also good for off air because you guys had to spend two evenings apart from one another and That's right. you guys are kind of a thing, so that's cool we'll see how it goes that's all i'm saying <laughs> more time together this is good we'll see if we can't get any uh some nice uh radio <laughs> for, the, for the listeners we'll see so, how it goes so there's always always a lot to talk about here tonight and of course your calls if you make them at 855-450-FREE and i know that you guys are probably some of the more excited ron paul supporters in at least in the area the uh, the keen area sure definitely uh, and it looks like there's some news out at the Huffington Post about Ron Paul, because the, earlier this week, if you saw the mainstream media, it was all, the headlines were, it's over. Right. Ron Paul's done. Jesse Benton said they dropped out or something to that effect. And that's the campaign manager? Yeah, that's uh, basically the chief strategist, ca- campaign manager, whatever you want to call him. I know um, some issues, at least if you listen to now, I don't know how often you or the listeners go to uh, Adam Kokesh and listen to his stuff. You know, I think he's got a lot of great content out there. Oh, yeah. He he does a lot. Yeah. If you you listen to Adam, he really doesn't like Jesse Benton and he makes it very clear. Isn't there some sort of fire Jesse Benton uh, meme going on right now on the Internet? I, you know, I've heard that. I've heard the the, uh, some individuals speak out against Jesse since the beginning of this primary anyway. Well, I've heard rumor that it's Jesse Benton who is preventing Ron Paul from coming on this radio program. Well, I got an email and what you were talking about earlier with all the news about Ron Paul's campaign coming to an end. And I got an email from Jesse Benton saying, well, now Romney has all the delegates he needs, so he's going to be the nominee, so we should just concede that. But that doesn't mean that's what the email said. I wonder if if Jesse checks with Ron Paul before he hits the send button sometimes, because... (laughs) Don't we... I've joked about how the emails I get from Ron Paul are nothing like anything Ron Paul would actually write. Mm, Not just that it's, you know, someone, he has someone else write his emails, obviously, but it doesn't even seem like anything Ron Paul would say. But that's really disappointing that the the guy that's heading up the campaign is like, oh, we're done, throwing in the towel here. Right. Well, you know, I, I mean, I don't know what facts there are to back up some of the claims made against Jesse. What what we can say is that Ron Paul is doing a great job of spreading the ideas and message no of doubt. liberty. Uh, it doesn't seem to be stopping. I mean, he's continuing it, on to. I mean, he's he's not done, right? I mean, this no, isn't no, over. It, do, it doesn't seem like he's done at all. He's, he's as far as I've seen um, 
interviews and, and things that he's said is he's going to continue trying to win states. He's going to tr- continue trying to build delegates. Right. That's what I'd heard. They were going to focus on getting delegates, not so much votes. Yes. That, that, that you only have so much money, and so therefore they're going to spend it on recruiting delegates. Well, you know, and part of it might just be an issue with the mainstream media in that when they get a story that they want to promote. That Ron Paul's done. Yes. Yeah. Of course they're going to echo it as much as possible and try to build up some sort of, uh, I guess, uh, public consciousness that, that's thinking, oh, he's done. What are you even talking about him for? Right. And, of course, the mainstream media has been ignoring Ron Paul pretty much ever since the debates were finished. Yes. Uh, even though he's been the only other person uh, that has been running here recently against this Romney guy. Well, and, you know, if, if OK, let's let's just change the scenario for a second for a little mind game. What if Ron Paul had won the, the, the first caucus in Iowa? OK, as far as the initial results. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out three months later that actually Romney won. Wouldn't the Romney can't wouldn't the mainstream media be going nuts about that? But anyway, it, but what really happened was Ron Paul actually won it, right? Well, yes, the roles were reversed in which Romney got the big bump from the initial win, or uh, Santorum or whatever it was. I think it was Romney and uh, a few. It was votes. like one and then another and then yeah. Ron Paul. Exactly, and then uh, so now now that it turns out Ron Paul actually won most of the delegates, you don't really hear a lot about that. Well, that's that's part of the mind game that you put forth is that. That's the whole idea is that, of course, they're going to they're going to hope that, you know, they have a bias. The GOP has a bias. They want Romney or Gingrich to win, basically, or Santorum. The last person they want to win is Ron Paul. So they wouldn't it's very unlikely they would admit Ron Paul's the winner and then be like, oh, wait, when we go back and count it and more careful, we realize that the establishment guy actually won it. That doesn't. That's not going to happen. Oh, no, of course not. I, I realize that. I'm just simply pointing out the hypocrisy of the media and, and how they. Uh, it's just trying to display their, or illuminate their bias. That's all. Well, not all of the media is uh, is biased. Uh, we've seen certainly seen some friendly reporting toward Ron Paul over at the Huffington Post, and there's another piece uh, over there by Robin Corner. Uh, that's uh, K- with a K. And he says, it's Romney's to lose. Here how he does it. Or here's how he does it. Many of Ron Paul's supporters are currently abuzz with a letter that was written by Jennifer Sheehan, the RNC's legal counsel, in 2008, which appears to state that no state delegate to the GOP convention is bound by his state to vote for a particular candidate. The excitement derives from the fact that if it were true, an outright Romney victory in the first round of voting at the convention in Tampa would be rather unlikely. But if it's not true, and I'm sure the GOP will change the rules if necessary to make it untrue, there may be just as much excitement to be had in the possibility of something that's rather more in the control of Paul's supporters. It's the big what-if question that the letter begs, but that few have asked. What if Paul's supporters just ignore the binding rules and vote their conscience? It's a great, a great point right there. And there's a lot of Ron Paul supporters who have gotten to be Romney delegates or Santorum delegates. You know, they've, they right. they were voted in, and through whatever means, maybe they didn't, you know, initially say how they fa- who they favored. It was just a process. Right. They were just there at these state exactly. conventions, and they were the ones that were willing to step up. And so that's part of what I'm hearing is that those individuals are in a, a flummoxed, if you will, of, over whether or not they can go against how they were supposed to vote without getting in trouble. So that kind of brings up a question, Mark. Uh, for these people, the ones that are flummoxed, you know, they, they have been assigned to vote for Mitt Romney or Santorum or whoever, but they want to vote for Ron Paul. Is it immoral to break the rules to vote for Ron Paul? I uh, No, I don't think so. 
I, I, I would, would say I would, no. No, I think because you're you're making a moral decision based a, a super moral decision, if you will, that that supersedes this is the whole reason you're voting for Ron Paul. In many cases, a lot of people because of the killing, the wars, hmm. and the uh, the theft through inflation. So it's like if you know if you're you're voting for Ron Paul because it is a a moral choice of yours to end the uh, the tyranny and the harm that's being done. Then yeah, of course it it would only follow that you should make sure that your moral choice is applied when when you get the opportunity. One could argue though that uh, I mean the, the Republican Party has rules and the rules state that you have to vote for who you've been assigned to vote for. So therefore, it would be immoral for you to go to stray from the rules and do what you thought was the best thing to do. Well, there is already in the 2008 election one woman delegate who didn't want to vote for McCain. She really wanted to vote, even though she was bound to vote for McCain, she really wanted to vote for Romney. So I think she sent out this request from the people that regulate the election, and they said that, oh, you're a free agent. You can vote with your conscience. So there's legis- there's been like rules changed around for people. This may be the letter you're talking right. about uh, that uh, they're mentioning here from the legal counsel of the Republican National Committee saying that every state delegate... Uh, is not bound, that they can vote for however they want to. Uh, 855-450-FREE, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Plus, we know the GOP is just going to change the rules however they want, so who cares? More coming up, this is Free Talk Live. Are you excited about Flaming Freedom's bigger, gayer dance party at this year's Pork Fest? Oh, yeah. Well, you should be. There's going to be hopping dance music and a giant tent full of liberty lovers getting their gay on. By gay? Do you mean happy? Uh, sure, Claire. Super Gay Dre is bringing his elite team of drag queens led by Violencia. There's going to be raffles for all kinds of prizes, as well as prizes for gayest costume, best drag queen, and best drag king. So get your ticket now for the insanely cheap price of just $5 at flamingfreedom.com slash danceparty. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. All you have to do is dial in toll-free at 855-453. It's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. We've got archives that go all the way back to late 2006. You can just click and download as many as you want. They are there for you completely free. Freetalklive.com. Now, SACL CAI, they bring you the phone lines here, but they're also a great organization that will get collections done for you. Not only do they do collections, but they also do early out billing and they purchase charged off receivables. They know the way they treat your customer reflects on you. So their staff is respectful. They record every call and they have the best equipment money can buy. So your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner right at the top of our banner column over at freetalklive.com. Again, that's SACL CAI. We're talking about the Ron Paul situation. The media would have you believe, the mainstream media would have you believe, that it's over for Ron Paul. He's done. He's calling it quits. But actually what happened, I think it was early this week, was that uh, the Ron Paul campaign announced that they were no longer going to focus on attempting to win votes as much as they are attempting to win delegate votes or delegates. I think think that was a terrible mistake by the campaign to put that letter out, that initial letter. I think... What was the point? Exactly. What are you trying to disenfranchise people or? or well, right, because people can still campaign for Ron Paul in the states. It doesn't mean that Ron Paul's campaign has to spend money on it, but people will campaign anyway. Of course, they will. Right. That's one of the best things about the Ron Paul uh, movement is that Ron Paul doesn't have to do, or his campaign doesn't have to do hardly anything. It's his fervent 
obsessive supporters that are going to go out and do all the work. And they don't have to be told what to do. They can self-organize. That was the greatest thing about the Ron Paul campaign was the decentralization of it, that there wasn't some hierarchy giving out orders to people, which is what happens with these big campaigns like Romney, you know, Clinton, all these campaign people, these people, they essentially bring campaigners in and they tell them exactly what to do. And if you if you encounter these sort of robot campaigners and ask them questions, they don't even know why they are somewhere. They don't even know what they're purposes they just know they've been told to stand there and hold a sign or they've been told to go to some rally or they're just following orders it's pathetic yes it is and i think that is the critical element is that people want to volunteer time energy resources treasure to help ron paul and you pretty much have to pay people to help any of the other candidates now i I don't know if that's true for obama this this time around i know last time he did get a lot of free help but I think he's upset his base. I think he's upset the people who vote for him. A lot of them, for sure. Exactly. Although so, I saw an Obama 2012 sticker on the road today, so obviously he still has his fans. Uh, but but how many people have been burned out by this guy? Yes, exactly. Well, the Gitmo thing, uh, the wars are still going on. In right. fact, adding more people to Afghanistan and pretty much going into Libya. Uh, there's a thing with Yemen, a uh, situation with Yemen, of course, is all over the place. So I think a lot of people don't see this uh, Nobel Peace Prize winning individual anymore. Like, he got that, what, within the first year of his, his About term? a year in, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous that they even gave that to him. Another slap in the face to all those other people who were peaceful when they earned the, the right. reward. I think it's even, you know, people that aren't informed about the wars overseas at all, but just realize that not much has changed. Like, what's the difference between now and when yeah. crazy Bush was in power? You know, it's not that different. Apparently, you know, voting for your someone who you could see as your best friend doesn't necessarily work because oh, but, it could just be a politician. Yeah, but he speaks so much nicer than Bush, Allie. He does. He does, he does, does. make, you know, at least I don't. Okay, so it's harder as, to make fun of him because he's right. not as uh, overtly bumbling. So, so in, uh, basically, this is my metaphor. Instead of a monkey flinging poo, it's like a well-trained dog, I guess, or <laughs> something else. So l- let me get back to this piece here from HuffingtonPost.com, where the uh, author Robin Corner is asking the question: What happens? What if Ron Paul supporters show up in Tampa? All these people that have been selected as delegates, perhaps assigned to vote for someone besides Ron Paul in the first round of voting. And what if they just basically say, well, screw it. They can't tell who they're voting for. Well, there's an even easier. Well, what about an easier solution than that? Okay, let's say they show up, they know when the voting time is, and then for some reason the food they ate last night just reacts with them, and then they have to go to the bathroom during the first round of voting. <laughs> you see, that's when they're technically... Then they're not breaking their vow. They're not whatever. breaking anything. But it's, then that would be obvious because they'd all have to stand up and it would you know, it would be a bunch of people hey, standing up and leaving the room. I mean, they could do that, but if it's anonymous, then it's like if if they can't tell who voted for who... Presumably then, they wouldn't be able to, right? I mean, Then who probably, are they going to get on to? Yeah, yeah, it's probably an anonymous Look, vote. Yeah, I, I I don't know exactly how it goes down or anything. What what basically what I'm trying to say is that some people just may not vote at all in the first round because mm-hmm. they know in the second round everybody is unbound. That's a good suggestion. And either way, you're probably going to see a mix, right? You're going to see some people stay out of the room until the right time. You're going to see some people vote their conscience. Sure. What's the point of even having a vote where people can choose to do, you know, to 
what person they're going to put down if they're supposed to be bound. Like because why not would... everyone is bound, uh, as I understand it. There are some delegates that are unbound. Well, and it's, it's just deceiving. strange to me that the ones that are bound don't just already automatically have to put in a See, like without even. Well, if that, you, I think what you're bringing up here is maybe the reason why is because they're not really bound, and that's what their legal counsel here said, Jennifer Sheehan, in 2008 in this letter, saying that no state delegate is bound by his state to vote for a particular candidate. Right, and and even what I've heard though, see that there's conflicting reports. There's I can't place the article exactly, but what what it basically said is in order for the GOP to get around the loophole saying it's illegal to bind all delegates to a vote. They some states it's like they have three three delegates that are unbound, and then the rest are all bound. So like three out of you know twenty or three out of twenty five, whatever. So they they get around the loophole by having you know some that can do what they want, but it, it differs state by state too. So I don't know how Tampa is going to work. I don't, I, I'm just Nobody not, knows, right? I mean, yeah. we're just going to find out. The whole delegate process is so confusing, uh, but I think it's interesting that this is going around, right? This is the buzz is, well, what is really going to happen? What are these Ron Paul supporters actually going to do? And he says, so what if all these Paul supporters who are supposedly bound by state rules to vote for Romney put the ball firmly back in the GOP's court and say, your move. One's first reaction might be to point out that if it were possible, it would have happened before. But that would be a mistake. The GOP is now in uncharted territory. Romney's support has proven so shallow and Paul's so deep. And just compare the pictures between Ron Paul rallies and the, the Romney rallies. I mean, it's it really is like night and day uh, in contrast. At GOP meetings in which delegates are selected to represent a county at the state convention or a state or a state at national convention, there are too many Paulites in the room to allow pro-Romney party officials to get their favored slates pushed through without underhanded shenanigans. This is having important effects. The most immediately important of these is that in states where delegates are bound to vote for the candidate who won their primary, which is often Romney, the delegates who care enough to actually participate in the process are Ron Paul supporters, and they are selecting Paul-favoring delegates. These guys, these Ron Paul supporters, are the ones who are the most active. They're the ones who care the yep. most about these these state conventions. In fact is, Romney just doesn't excite people. He doesn't have the... And how could he? He's, <laughs> he's so vanilla. Do you it's think like... there's the potential to persuade some of the delegates that might be, you know, unbound, but they're choosing Romney to go for Paul instead? Maybe. You never know. I mean, people can always be persuaded. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. But what he's saying here is that, you know, even these people that are bound to Romney may be Ron Paul supporters. Well, it has happened once before. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Bardo Fest is a camping gathering at Bardo Farm, an off-the-grid, eco-friendly farm in Croydon, New Hampshire. Attendees will enjoy live music performances, sustainability workshops, comedy, firearms education, terrific farm-raised food, vendors, and camping under the stars. Treat yourself and relax at Bardo Fest, May 25th through the 28th. A full festival pass, including camping, is just $50. Go to bardoproject.com. B-A-R-D-O project.com. Free Talk Live, you can bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free, 855-450-FREE. You can talk about the Ron Paul uh, situation, what is going on with his campaign, and what the plan is going to be, or the various different plans. 
are going to be for the delegates who attend the convention in Tampa. So you're welcome to comment on that or bring up anything that you want. In fact, uh, coming up here a little bit later, JJ, you'll be telling us about some, uh, some, I guess, some court decision or a court decision and some interesting news by the Department of Justice. A couple different things we've got that are related to your right to record the police Indeed. and other government bureaucrats. Uh, so that's still to come here tonight. Of course, your calls about what you want come first at 855-450-FREE. Also want to introduce you to the Bitcoin if you have yet to take the time, and it doesn't take a lot of time, less than two minutes, the video that you'll see over at weusecoins.org. That's all it's going to take. Less than two minutes to give you a good introduction, uh, give you an overview of what the Bitcoin is. It's decentralized. What's that mean? It means there's no government that's issuing this. It's not some central corporation, some mint somewhere uh, where it can be targeted, it can be taken out. No, this is decentralized. It is peer-to-peer. There is nothing. There's no node that no, you can't take... 20 nodes out of this system and have it die. There are millions of uh, people participating in the Bitcoin worldwide. It's an international currency. It's something that can be used to send and receive money uh, anywhere in the world in, in almost in an instant. And it doesn't cost you anything. There's no signing up. There's no contract, no terms of service. <laughs> you don't have to jump through any hoops. You just go download the Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin client and get started. Now, you do need to get your hands on some Bitcoins. And thanks to BitInstant.com, you can have Bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank. So to buy your Bitcoins with cash, visit BitInstant.com. As we continue here with news out of the Huffington Post, actually it's more of an opinion piece, but there's a there's some good questions here that Robin Corner is asking about this upcoming convention in Tampa with the Ron Paul supporters. What if he asks? What if they just decide to ignore this? What appears like it might be actually a suggestion rather than a rule that people must be bound supposedly to these candidates. A lot of these delegates are bound. Some are unbound, but they're called bound. But according to a legal opinion by the Republican National Committee's own legal counsel in 2008. She says, this uh, legal counsel lady, Jennifer Sheehan, she says that they're not bound. So they called them bound, but she says they're not bound. And whether they're bound or not, if it's an anonymous vote, who's going to know who voted for what? Who's going to know who broke their bindings, so to speak, and voted for Ron Paul? So that's a big question mark is what is actually going to happen? He points out here in this piece over at HuffingtonPost.com that It's the Ron Paul supporters that are the ones that are out there at these conventions. They're the ones that are showing up. They're the ones with the motivation, with the the drive, the desire to see something change. The rest of these cats are just the the good old boys network. They're the same old, same old. Can you blame them, though? I mean, the status quo type, I guess, mindset or individual isn't really going to work hard to change much. They think it's in the bag. Right, exactly. Because thanks thanks to the mainstream media, maybe it's the, the, the double-edged sword of promoting Romney so hard, is that maybe Romney supporters are like, well, I don't even have to try. They, I've we got been, this. I've already been told he won. Yeah, Right, which will work to the advantage of the Ron Paul supporters. Absolutely. He gives an example here. Whereas 28 of the delegates that Nevada will be sending to Tampa, uh, 8 of them are bound to Paul and 20 are bound to Romney. 14 of Romney's 20 are really Ron Paul supporters who would only be voting for Romney because they're bound to. And in Colorado, where 14 delegates are bound to Romney and only two to Paul, what the official numbers don't say is that 16 uncommitted are probably all Paul supporters. 
So if the Paul supporters were not bound, they may indeed have the numbers and therefore the means to stop Romney in the first round of voting. But they would have. Uh, but would they have the chutzpah to bind them? Uh, to, excuse me, unbind themselves. Sure, definitely. I think I think Ron Paul supporters are, you know, for a large part upset with the way he's been disrespected in the media. Upset with the. Uh, you know, obviously, if anyone watched the debates, when he gets 86 seconds out of you know the hour and a half, you know that's obviously a bias. So well, I think not to mention they're upset with the the way they're treated at these conventions. Oh yeah, that too. In a lot of cases, even though they are a significant portion of the people that are attending these conventions, you know, the old guard is still in there trying to pull, as he mentioned here earlier, shenanigans to attempt to prevent them from you know voting or getting on a yeah. microphone or whatever. Well, we saw the Washington State. I think we played it on Freaking TV, but uh, the Ben Swan did a did a thing on Washington State's caucus or whatever it was i don't i don't recall which one it was but um and and as soon as a ron paul supporter was elected as chairperson of the uh the delegate process or whatever the uh the the old guard basically said well we're shutting this place down ron paul has got to pay for all this now and they had to they actually had to do their voting out in the parking lot for the delegates and they got all the delegates for ron paul so there's another situation where the old guard reacts unfavorably and, you know, the supporters of liberty adapt and overcome and, and triumph. So let's see more of this happen. Corner says a reasonable expectation that if they cause such creative chaos, the outcome could be favorable. I think they do, courtesy of the GOP itself. Romney's Achilles heel is a moral one. It's the sum of all the cheating that has been done in his favor by the party. For example, in Oklahoma, party officials pulled out a ballroom divider to cordon off Ron Paul supporters and shut them out of participation. Later, they turned off the lights. Voice votes that were clearly lost were declared won. That's okay to me. That's a good sign because that's like embarrassing that you're, they're trying to pull these kind of shenanigans. Desperate. Yeah, wow. desperation. Turn off the lights. Yeah, that. Okay, work. kids. No, no. Everybody, stop talking now. <laughs> just like a classroom, we're gonna shut off the lights until everybody's quiet. Right. <laughs> and they're just like, really? There's more. In Alaska, party officials defeated the majority by retaining the committee which interpreted rules, and later, after taking the delegation. Reluctantly gave up the party control to the new majority, but transferred all of the money out of the Republican Party accounts. In Virginia, meaning the Ron Paul guys took over, but at the last moment they transferred the money out. In Virginia, at a district convention, officials coaxed the Ron Paul delegation outside, then locked the door. The pastor of the church that was hosting the event was himself locked outside. Wow. In Missouri, officials had all the delegates sign up at county conventions and then had their county chairman take the rolls outside and lock them in their car trunks so they could block roll call voting and have their chairman declare lost voice votes as actually won. And so on and so on. The full list, of which the above is just a tiny part, not only provides a moral justification for Paul's people to refuse to play ball at the convention, more important because they've been screwed left right. and right. More importantly, it explains why such hardball could actually work. After all, which fair-minded American wouldn't like to see powerful partisans punished for their arrogance? Which Democrat or independent or even average American who doesn't care much for politics but feels seriously let down by a political elite who act out of a sense of entitlement rather than a sense of service, which of them wouldn't think that the Paul people were doing no more than giving as 
as good as they had gotten, especially when the nation is reminded that the GOP wasn't bound by its own rules when it chose to provide material support to Romney while the race was still ongoing. Imagine it. At last, their revolution would have to be televised, and what good TV it would be, the very stuff that cable infotainment is made of. When a reporter from CNN interviews a delegate from Nevada with faintly disapproving confusion, the delegate might say, Well, we wish we didn't have to do it, but at the state convention in 2008, the party officers turned out the lights and left in the middle of the meeting just so our vote for Ron Paul wouldn't be counted. So we think it's payback time. And when that airs, I don't think many Americans would disagree with him. Yet plenty would think that in a small way the Paul bots had just landed a punch on behalf of a nation that has wondered for too long how to get through to that special elite that long ago forgot who works for whom. What could the GOP do about it? If it were, if it were to disqualify all those self-unbinding delegates, the fracture, and more importantly, the story that it told, would be huge. The Democrats would eat it up and the GOP would have just told 20% of its own base that they are not wanted. Even if Romney could still win the nomination at that point, the GOP would have just lost the election. So the better course would be for the GOP to count Paul's delegates' votes, and Romney would be unlikely to win on the first round. His mantle as the one who could obviously beat Obama would be tarnished if he couldn't clearly beat his one Republican rival. Not only the Liberty Republicans, but also the social conservatives who never really trusted Romney anyway would be in a position to choose a candidate that they really cared for in the subsequent rounds. And there's a little bit more here coming up. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. More to come. You can take control. Free Talk Live. What has happened to America, and when did it become okay for the government to extort wealth from the American people? As a former law enforcement officer, I have explained in my new book, In Plain Sight, The Disregarded Truth, how absolute property ownership has been denied to the American people, how and why inflation is fleecing America, how law enforcement officers are being used to suppress and criminalize the beliefs of liberty and freedom. In Plain Sight explains how we can restore what was once a free America. Get your copy of In Plain Sight, The Disregarded Truth today at Amazon.com. Take control of the airways toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. If you are a Ron Paul delegate, or maybe you are a Ron Paul delegate, and you've been bound, so-called, to one of these other candidates, Mitt Romney, Santorum, etc., would you break your bindings? Would you vote for Ron Paul anyway, despite the idea that you are supposedly bound? That's the big question mark coming up here at this uh, convention that's going to happen in August in Tampa. So people have a little while to think about it, especially in light of all of the shenanigans that have gone on at these uh, conventions where the the GOP old school, the uh, the old guard have been just doing all kinds of just nonsense. Well, and and it's not, just underhanded. To, yeah, just to clarify, we might be saying old guard, but they're acting like children in some cases. Oh, sure. And I just wanted to comment because everyone knows or everyone seems to concede that Mitt Romney is a weak candidate. No one doesn't no one seems very passionate about Mitt Romney at all. So I guess the question to the GOP is you have you know, you it's po- potential you have two real choices, I guess we'll know at Tampa. You either just concede the race um to Obama, Obama's gonna be the president for a second term, or 
you can allow Ron Paul to get the Republican nomination and have a greater chance at beating Obama than if Mitt Romney was to win. But then the question is, would establishment Republicans or neocons choose Ron Paul over Obama? Yeah, that's, see, that's the thing, though. <laughs> I, I can't see. I see a lot of this, the hard hardline neocons, especially the hawks, the ones who want the war, because their you know their business that they run is getting money off a war racket. No, I mm-hmm. see them being just like Ron Paul supporters and backing the mysticism that o- Obama is preaching. I mean, he's not that different from Bush. No, <laughs> so they've gotten exactly what they wanted with Obama. But I mean, Ron Paul, if he did get the nomination, which of course would be amazing, if Ron Paul got the nomination, then Obama would have to debate him. That would and be so sweet. It would be unlike anything we've seen in our lifetime. Completely epic. Well, yeah, I think I think actually, you know, Obama would he would uh, be very dismissive and he would kind of I think he would kind of treat Ron Paul like he was a, a kid. Like, oh, you have these fanciful ideas. But the whole world would be watching. Yeah, like, for sure. I, I think a lot of people in the United States, even huge Ron Paul supporters, don't realize how far Ron Paul's reach is. It is global. Yes. Well, and he'd pwn him. I mean, Ron Paul's uh-huh. got principles. And, pwn. Uh, so let me continue here with uh, what... Let's see. This is the Huffington Post, and it is Robin Corner. He's questioning what's going to happen at this convention. Are the Ron Paul supporters going to break their so-called bindings? Maybe they're not even breaking them. Maybe, according to the uh, GOP's own attorney, there aren't any bindings in the first place. Maybe it's just something they're telling people. You're bound. Oh, you're bound. You've got to vote for uh, for Romney. Well, what if I don't? So, uh, back to this uh, piece here. They're talking about how like these, you know, Republicans have done some really scummy things, and so therefore, what's so wrong with breaking their bindings? Even if it is a rule, they could still break that rule. And uh, the guy says, "What? What would the GOP do about it? If it were to disqualify all of those self-unbinding delegates, the fracture would be a huge story. The Democrats would eat it up. The GOP would have, uh, you know, told 20% of its own base that they aren't wanted." So they, he says the better choice uh, would be for the GOP to count the Paul delegates' votes, and Romney would be unlikely to win in the first round, which would then, of course, definitely open everybody up to voting for whoever they want in subsequent rounds, and that's when the narrative would really change. Everyone knows that in the second ballot, Romney's votes would fall, making him less credible, and Paul's votes rise making him the most exciting ticket in town. Once the inevitability of Romney's nomination disappears, everyone will be free to admit that it was only the illusion of inevitability that made him look like, well, the inevitable nominee in the first place. And the mainstream media helped a lot with that. Sure. If the Mormon halo flickers, that very human capacity that has so far served Romney so well, the post hoc justification of something believed to be in one's self-interest would swing in short order in Paul's favor. People get very excited about an underdog who can win, especially if he's an underdog that was kept down by an nefarious means. Is this possibility or fantasy? At the time of writing, and this was published two days ago, the official bound state delegate counts out of the few states that have already held their state conventions are 33 for Paul and 73 for Romney. But the number of delegates from these states that are known to favor Paul and Romney are 65 and 59, meaning 65 for Paul, 59 for Romney, respectively. All other delegate numbers at this point are projections or pure speculation. Those who look at the mountain that Ron Paul has to climb and wonder how might find their answer by looking at the mountain that Romney has to tumble down, asking the very same question. Yeah, that's great. And I believe the way it works is there's uh, the nominee nominee or the person who wins the nomination, I I should say, has to win 1,145 delegates, Mm -hmm. I believe. 
So that's why the voting continues. The voting keeps going on until someone, someone breaks that number. gets that number. I might have a question and people might this I'm just very naive about the whole voting process. Is the electoral college is that the delegates they are the electoral college? What is that? That's something different. That's that's something It's like a whole other filter. Yeah, see this is GOP. <laughs> this only has to do with the Republican Party. Okay. Whereas the electoral college has to do with national politics and it's not party based. It's more supposed to be just state-based or, or the uh, government-based, if you will. Right, and those electors are chosen. I forget what the, the process is for that, though. I'm not certain on that either. See, it just seems like there's so many filters that anyone who's looking at the situation from a principle of wanting things to change is going to inevitably realize that the voting system is put in place to make sure the establishment succeeds every time. Pretty much. So the only people who really think that the voting system makes any sense are people politicos who are into that stuff right they and, like complexities because it makes them you know they get more to you know nerd out on i guess and I, I think also is the emphasis that's placed i know that the i know the primaries are covered and it's a big thing for news but i think that the the national election is so much more you know sensationalized because they want people to participate whereas they want limited participation for the primaries because that's right. when there's actual choices. That's when people can really screw up the establishment status quo. That it's gone this far is on its own pretty amazing. And Ron Paul and his supporters, you know, they they've done an incredible job. I I'm I, I'm so grateful that I've even seen Ron Paul speak in a debate uh, to to have as many opportunities as he had. I mean, even if it was all over today, it'd be a huge success for the ideas of liberty simply because he's been bringing people on board with this movement. And there's so much more to the liberty movement than Ron Paul. And many of those folks will find that more like uh, JJ, you did back in 2008, where you ended up finding the Free State Project through the Ron Paul campaign. That's right. And actually through Free Talk Live. And that's why you're here now. And so we'll see more of that with the newer Ron Paul supporters coming on board and getting active and trying to figure out what to do uh, when the Ron Paul campaign's done. But I love this piece from the Huffington Post because, you know, before I read this, I thought, oh, God, you know, this is just it's over. But no, he's saying it's not over. These guys can break their bindings. I didn't realize that was even a possibility, but it is apparently. And that could totally change how everything plays out this summer at the, uh, the convention. Well, That's exciting. And you also see the dynamic in play where for Huffington, which is a, a left left sort of leaning website, they want to weaken Romney as much as possible. So, so supporting Paul and hoping that if Romney wins the nomination, Paul will take a, you know, a third party role where he can steal votes away and then just, you know, help Obama win, basically. That's, you know, they're, they're in it. I don't think they're actually, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping they're altruistic in their motives. Well, I well first but. of all, Huffington Post posts a number of different articles here from various different writers. I, I mean, agree. Bradley Balco is one of their guys, and he's liberty through and through, from what I can tell. Well, I, I definitely am heartened by it, but I also, like, you know, just, just skeptical. skeptical. Yes. Sure. Yes. Let's talk to uh, Bob. You can, of course, bring up whatever's on your mind. Bob, listening in Wisconsin, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Alley and JJ. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? I was listening to, I was listening to last night's podcast, and uh, you guys were talking about libraries, so bring it down a step. Um, <laughs> you guys were wondering, oh, who, who's an adult that uses libraries? It's exactly true. I, my wife is the only one in my family that really goes, and it's only because we got foster kids that 
need to be, you know, need to go to the library. It's just a playground for them. Right. So that um, was that was actually part of Mark's question that he la- he had asked last night was who goes to the library who is not homeless or has kids. So therefore, since <laughs> you've got kids, then that disqualifies you from saying yes to the question. Well, yeah, and I guess a way back when I did go and uh, check out a ton of CDs and rip them off my computer. So maybe I'm, maybe the library is helping us uh, helping people break the law. That's kind of cool. Very good, Bob. Thanks for sharing that tonight here. <laughs> Anything else on your mind? Guess not. Wow. Did you know it's totally legal to watch porn at a public library? I did, actually. No, wow. Because I have. But uh, 855-453-1855-450-3733. <laughs> you can join us here on the air. You can also bring up whatever's on your mind here. Coming up, can you record the police? In Illinois, it's been pretty much highly illegal, like felonies, uh, to do that. But there's been some news. JJ's going to share it with us. It's Free Talk Live. Hour two's next. The liberty movement is bursting at the seams with women from all walks of life who are courageously dedicating their time and energy in the pursuit of a freer society. Every day, the message is spread by this small but growing demographic. This year, at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, the creators of Silver Circle will be giving away the first ever Zoe Taylor Award. Zoe Taylor is the lead female rebel in the upcoming animated film Silver Circle, whose dedication to destroying the Federal Reserve makes her a positive female role model. Nominate who you think deserves the Zoe Taylor Award today by sending an email with the name and a 300-word minimum essay of why you think this person deserves the Zoe Taylor Award to award at silvercirclemovie.com. The deadline for nominations is June 1st at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Visit silvercirclemovie.com for more details. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. You can bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. And you can enjoy the various features you'll find there. Once again, freetalklive.com. You get to create the content of the site if you'd like. Uh, you can see the different items that are there on the front page were created by listeners just like you. What you do is if you see something online that you think is interesting, you'd like to share with other listeners, you can just submit it as show prep, and then other listeners are able to vote. And the most voted up items will make it to the front page and the top of the site, meaning more people will see them, including the hosts of the show, making it more likely they'll appear on the air. So you can go and get interactive over at freetalklive.com. Joining you in the studio this evening, by the way, it's Ian here. Allie. And JJ. Allie's here, courtesy of her radio program, Ladies in Keen. That's Keen, K-E-E-N-E. You can go to ladiesinkeen.com and get more Allie, as well as her uh, cohorts, partners in crime, as they might be called. Cecilia uh, and Kate. Yeah, Cecilia and Kate. And you guys have been having a good time. And I, uh, are you happy with the, the way the show's going? I really like the show. I think the last show was one of my favorites so far. I went cool. back and listened, and I, I think we put out a good product. And you can get it for free over at ladiesandkeen.com. So uh, don't miss that. 855-450-FREE allows you to take control of these airwaves here. Uh, JJ, you brought some stuff to the table tonight that have to do, uh, has to do uh, with wiretapping laws. That's and right. how absurd 
some of these government people are around the country, specifically in places like Illinois, where they have some of the most draconian uh, wiretapping laws, where if you record a police officer in public, they'll charge you with a felony. And apparently there's uh, at least one judge who's decided that's no good. That's right. The Seventh Circuit defends right to record police conduct. This comes from Thomas Reuters News and Insight. May 8th. Illinois' authorities cannot use a criminal eavesdropping law to punish the American Civil Liberties Union for recording the conduct of police officers in public places, a federal appeals court ruled on Tuesday. The ACLU of Illinois planned to dispatch employees to record police officers performing their duties on the streets of Chicago as part of a police accountability program. But fearing criminal penalties, the organization first asked a federal court to shield its videographers from prosecution. The district court had dismissed the case in 2010, finding that the act of audio recording police conduct is not protected by the First Amendment. But the Chicago-based U.S. Court of Appeals on the Seventh Circuit in a two-to-one decision reversed that decision on Tuesday, reinstating the case and temporarily blocking the Cook County State's attorney for prosecuting ACLU members under an Illinois eavesdropping law. Interesting. Cool. So there was a preemptive measure on their part, knowing knowing how bad these... Uh these people are in Illinois. They took the time to go through the court system before going through their going to their protests. Yeah, Wouldn't that be great if everyone could do that? Like before you go out and do some activism right, that you block. know is legal, but they could possibly get arrested just because it's controversial. That you could go ahead and get the okay from the state. Yeah, and that'd then, be sweet. Or, or at least file some sort of injunction preventing them from acting. Exactly. In- yeah. Sounds like that's exactly what they did, but I think the point being that none of us are the ACLU, so we don't know what the hell we're doing when not, it comes yeah. to the court system. We don't have the money or the, the lawyers or the sort of insight and knowledge into right. the, the legal land, fictional language and whatnot. So the story goes on, quote, The Illinois eavesdropping statute restricts far more speech than necessary to protect legitimate privacy interests. As applied to the facts alleged here, it likely violates the First Amendment's free speech and free press guarantees, unquote, Judge Diane Sykes wrote for a two members of the three-judge panel. Hmm. The Illinois law makes it a felony to audio tape a conversation without the consent of all participants. The felony is punishable by up to 15 years in prison if one of the participants happens to be a law enforcement officer. Once again, Badge is granting special rights. Now remember, this isn't just happening in Illinois, so please don't think that you are safe. Uh, Wiretapping laws are different all across the country. Some of them are worse than others. Illinois is one of the worst ones, but there are a number of states where they are uh, just a one or they are two party consent, or as Illinois is, every party must must consent. And New Hampshire is one of those states. So a friend of ours and co-host on the show now, Tuesday nights, uh, Ademo, is facing three felony charges of wiretapping because he was recording conversations he was having with government bureaucrats on the phone as he had he had told them he, I don't think he specifically said he was recording them but he did say he was calling them for comment on a, a news piece that uh, that he was writing right right so they and should they, have known they were on the record that and he he had also said the website and I I believe if you listen to the conversation that some of the people he talked to were familiar with the website so they knew it was a I guess a journalistic type website where they they talk about police accountability and they create content. Copblock.org. Exactly. So So I'm just pointing out these things are happening everywhere. Yes, he's facing 21 years. Yes. This is pretty serious. Yes, it's very serious. And, you know, it's it's sort of what do you do when the citizenry, if you will, rises up and wants to let's let's not even go to the violence. Let's just say they want to hold people accountable with video recording and you're intimidating that, you know, aspect. You know, it's sort of like for the state, 
if you want people to remain peaceful, stop limiting peaceful protesting. If you want people to not be violent, then then don't outlaw all the peaceful avenues that people can demonstrate and protest and resist. Well, one of the things that the justice system has going for it is that a lot of peaceful actions are illegal and Another reason is that cameras are a problem because they can make a law seem justified by uh, basically portraying the worst possible situation in which people could maybe see government action being justified or, you know, a lot of people would would uh, maybe be able to relate to it on that in that way. But then when you see it in practice and see how many people actually hurts and you show the films of, you know, these cops busting up medical marijuana places and old ladies, you know, crying because they can't get their medication, you know, it makes it look bad. Sure and then it does. you also can't use, uh, they also like to be able to use the cops word over the average person because juries and a lot of people tend to side with cops but if there's a video then there's not that element there that's right and it's well, def- that's why it's the video is the new gun it's a big the biggest uh detriment to the legitimacy of the state that that can be imagined and yeah. plus the video plus the internet distribution well, yeah and it's basically to strike the root it's sunshine and you know sunshine is just the transparency the truth basically you know, video- you're showing people for who they really are. Exactly. Showing them what that showing not only them themselves, but you're showing everybody else what they what these people are doing. Exactly. And they don't want that. So uh, there's a uh, I don't want to go on with this story because it, it basically that's the gist of it. That mm-hmm. the court basically is saying this is not right. It's you know they changed the ruling allowing the ACLU to to go and do their thing in Chicago, which is great um, because. With the NATO thing coming up, you know, a lot of people are are going to want to. Well, that's a big deal. There's yeah. actually, I know that uh, Garrett Ian from FreeConquered.org is actually on the way there. I believe he may be there by now uh, with a, I think, uh, Bill Kostrick and some other activists uh, from from New Hampshire. They've gone down to Chicago uh, to specifically report on what's going on with the uh, the NATO summit. Well, this might interest them. And the protests out of the Chicago Tribune. Chicago police won't enforce eavesdropping law during NATO summit. City says. Chicago's corporate counsel said Friday that police do not intend to enforce the state's controversial eavesdropping law during next month's NATO summit. The city's first public acknowledgement of the logistical difficulty and potential legal pitfalls of trying to bar people from recording police officers. So that's probably part of the bad thing about asking permission or special granting asking to be granted special permission to record the police because now you give them a heads up. And so now you're not going to get the real reaction you would have got if you hadn't told them that you're planning on showing up with cameras. Right. Right. Because, you know, as as we've seen in here in Keene, I can't imagine Chicago. I mean, their police department is what the second largest in, in the nation. Mm. So I, I can't imagine there. But here in Keene, um, it's sometimes the police officers definitely react to cameras and that that changes the situation. I think the Keene police have basically had a lot of practice in dealing with it over the years. Dealing with it for a long time now. Yeah. yeah. But but initially I, I do recall that you know, the cameras definitely caused them you know, their feathers were ruffled if if that's the right word for the For sure. So I have one more story about this. This is the tr- the trilogy. And this one comes from Carlos Miller over at Pixic.com. Great guy. U.S. Department of Justice slaps Baltimore police over right to record issue. We'll come back with that here in a moment and also take your calls at 855-453-SACL-CAI the SACL CAI toll free line. It's good to see all these courts slapping down the police departments, but does it actually stop them from record or from uh, from arresting people who are recording? 
doesn't seem like it. It seems like they just keep doing whatever they want to, and then every now and then a cop or a court tells them, well, you can't do that. They kind of back down for a few and then start doing it again. 855-450-FREE. SACL CAI toll-free line. Free Talk Live. Tired of that same old government-free baklava from Mandrick? How about trying Stateless Sweets government-free fudge and caramel? Stateless Sweets are made with real ingredients and prepared fresh for delivery to your home. Order them as a gift, a well-deserved decadent treat for yourself, or catered for your next event. Go to statelesssweets.com. That's statelesssweets.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Toll free number 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of stuff on the site, including Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing that they are listeners of this program. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com and see that. And if you're a lady listener, you can get details over at shrine.freetalklive.com on how to become part of the Shrine. Once again, shrine.freetalklive.com. Now, if you run a website or blog, or maybe just want your own forum without having a website or blog, if you've been thinking about getting a forum and you are really concerned with privacy, like privacy is really important to you, Plainboards.com can help. That's plain like P-L-A-I-N. Plainboards.com offers free-to-use anonymous message boards for anyone who wants one. You can go now and get your own within seconds. You don't have to go through any crazy install procedure like, I don't know how to do Unix. I don't know Linux commands. I don't know how to do that stuff. I usually have to hire people to do these installs of, uh, of web software. This is There's no installation. You just go and create one. Uh, you don't have to tell them who you are. You don't have to log in. You can just create a message board that is private and anonymous for your users in moments over at plainboards.com. P-L-A-I-N, boards, plainboards.com. As we continue here, 855-450-FREE. JJ has more about uh, your ability to record bureaucrats here in a moment. But first, David is on the line listening in Montana. David, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Ali, and JJ. Hey, how are you? Hey, hey, what's on your mind? This morning I was listening to some talk shows and uh, they were saying, Trevon was on drugs. The new thing, they found THC in the, the dead guys. Trayvon the, Martin? Yeah, Trayvon Martin. Yeah. So, it, first of all, what, what now they just find out he had THC in his uh, system? Plus, THC could be in your system like two to three months if you're chubby. Well, he didn't, he didn't seem like a chubby guy, but uh, on the other hand, it's likely that the autopsy was done shortly after his death, but only released recently, so I don't think but that then, they... then you got to tie it in to see what's going on with this drug war, the, the dead people there on the border, no heads, no hands, no feet. You can't tell who these people are. Only the government would do such a thing. The drug people wouldn't do such a thing like that. Wait, are you suggesting... They don't want to draw attention to themselves. The government's trying to uh, build up the more laws against the drug lo- uh, war because we know that we're hip. The people's hip to the corruption. Now, hold on a second, Dave. You've changed topics drastically here in, well, uh, in a quick it's moment. It's all connected in the drug war. See, marijuana is a big subject in, in uh, voting, the election right now, because is 14 it? states... Over 
overwhelmingly passed medical marijuana, and the only terrorists we see in these 14 states is federal agents with masks and machine guns pointed at peaceful people that never broke a law in their lives. That's exactly right, and I think that's why it's not becoming a big issue this election. I think that well, that would hurt Obama. It. They're using Trevon to trash it. You know, mm-hmm. all of a sudden they come out with this THC. They don't even mention THC. They say he was on drugs. You know, but and, and if you notice that they all they always they, they don't say marijuana, they say drug if they talk about marijuana. Well, it does say and, here on this Associated Press the, article, Dave. Just to correct you before you go on, it does say here that they found THC, and they do use the term marijuana. So I guess it depends on the news source that uh, that you're looking at. Well, these talk show hosts, hosts in the morning. Oh the yeah, yeah, sure. Guys, you know, they, 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 the propaganda is, you know, they don't want to say the truth, but so that's why. I, I want to say the truth. I heard you, man. And now, were you were you suggesting that the beheadings going down on the border were actually oh, yeah, government? That's definitely government set up, man. You think about it. Drug cartel people don't want to draw that much attention to. If they kill anybody, they kill the corrupt bastards and make sure you know who they are that they're killing because to, to expose their corruption. This no heads, no hands, no feet, no fingerprints. They probably got rid of the detestable criminals that they had down there and said, look, it's the drug people. So we got to make the drug work. Mexico, Colombia, uh, all of the southern uh, South America, Central America countries want to end the drug war. They know how corrupt it is. You, they know what's going on. And and now they got to come up with the boogeyman of cutting heads off. And, it's interesting. And it's an interesting theory. Off. I've never heard it before. It may be a possibility. And David, thanks oh, for... Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. The whole damn thing down... Why did the president go to Colombia, man? It was because Colombia don't want to fight this drug, stupid drug war no more. It's ripping their country apart. They're no spraying poison all over the damn place. They can't feed themselves. Their their food is being poisoned. The whole damn government is being poisoned by this drug war. When will if I I, I the, Ron Paul is the only honest, true man that could stand up and say this drug war is no good for humanity, and the rest of them want to push it more and more. Mm. They're evil. Wow. I love you, Dave. Thanks That's for the great. call. I really appreciate Have the passion day. tonight. 855-450-FREE. That was great. Drugs are bad, okay? The only thing I disagreed with is the statement, uh, the drug war is poisoning the government, because I don't think the drug war poisons the government. I think the drug war is well, because of the government, and the government's poison to society. The government's sure. the poison, yeah, I agree. Sure. I could see how the, I could see how the drug war would make individuals who work for the government worse. Because they're now they're going to have to, uh, if they do their jobs and allow the job to rule over their own conscience, they're going to have to hurt peaceful people. And so, you know, in the course of their duties of of you know going against their own conscience, they're going mm-hmm. to hurt peaceful people. Well, and- that's is, you know, when that's sort of how I define government is that. To be a government, it sort of requires that you hurt peaceful people because otherwise you're just acting in a free market. If you're, you know, allowing all voluntary exchange and peaceful interaction to go without any kind of coercive punishment, then that's a free market. There's no government, as far as my definition. That's a good point, Allie. Your thoughts are certainly welcome at 855-450-FREE. Interesting uh, theory regarding the beheadings. I 
Certainly, there's no doubt that the government uh, has been involved or some elements within the government, some people. Well, I think he had a good point in stating that it, you know, it does draw attention to the killing. Mm-hmm. So if you're not wanting to draw attention to yourself, you probably wouldn't do that sort of thing. Oh, wait, hold on, you guys. The DA supervisor said that it looks like the cartels were doing it, so it must be the cartels. Okay. It's well, always been I, the... You know, if that's what the government says, then I have to believe everything they say. Okay. So... <laughs> I'm skeptical of Dave's skepticism. I mean, I don't know for sure who's beheading who down there. Thank goodness I'm not near that kind of violence. That's really a horrible situation, yes. uh, regardless of who it is that's actually doing that deed, because it's it's horrible to even think about that act being performed. But the cartels are not nice people. No, I, was, I agree with you. They're not, not nice people. Certainly not. Uh, at... Uh, the higher levels of the drug trade, you start dealing with some really dangerous and shady characters. And I'm not saying that they're, you know, everybody's bad. Uh, certainly, they're not. Uh, but there is, violence is one of the tools in their arsenal, and they're more than likely to use it if that's what it takes to maintain their territory, maintain their, uh, their, you know, their, their, I guess, the deals that they're that they're making and, and their connections and all that. Uh, 855-450-FREE and keep people in line who might threaten to snitch or threaten to step out of line. And these are violence, you can get rid of it by legalizing drugs, of course. More coming up. Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. show is Free Talk Live. We call it that because you are free to call in, toll free, and talk about whatever you want. And we're live seven nights a week. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Once again, 855-450-3733. You can join us on our website as well over at freetalklive.com. Get signed up for our news updates and follow us via email, Twitter, Facebook, whichever method works best for you, whatever your preference. You can go to news.freetalklive.com. Get on board. That's news.freetalklive.com. Now, many companies, as they grow, they lose their passion and their mandate. And that's not the case with O'Neill Coffee. Their third-generation family-owned business still roasts each batch with the finest beans and the utmost care. They have more than 40 varieties of gourmet and flavored coffees. Their house blend is the kind of cup of coffee that's been enjoyed in this country for decades. To show the Free Talk Live audience, that's you, their commitment to freedom and making great coffee. They're offering a free mug and free shipping on orders of $75 or more. Support great coffee craftsmanship and a business that actually cares about freedom over at coffee.freetalklive.com. That, if you put that web uh, URL in, that's going to take you to O'NeillCoffee.com. But rather than having to spell O'Neill, we'll just tell you coffee.freetalklive.com. will take you right where you need to go. All right, so 855-450-FREE is the number. We get back to wiretapping in a moment here, but I feel like Dave's call deserves a little bit more uh, discussion. Dave in Montana, who's very, very passionate, and uh, passion's great for radio, so he's he's great call. He's very passionate about uh, the this war on drugs, the insanity of this war on drugs, and specifically the war on cannabis, because the war on drugs really is a war on cannabis. It's mostly cannabis that they go after. It's mostly cannabis arrests. 
So I don't mean to, to shove aside the rest of uh, the drugs. I think they should all be decriminalized and legalized. And in fact, a lot of the violence that, uh, that he was referring to does have to do with the harder drugs. It tends to be the, the marijuana industry, if you will, the, uh, the black market of cannabis. It's probably a little bit safer than a lot of the, uh, the other drug black markets. Well, I, think I don't lo- know why that would be. I think you're looking at higher, higher volume, I guess, for marijuana, in order to make the same amount of money, you probably have to move a lot more of it than when you just sell a small gram of cocaine. That's you're true. making far more money, I guess. I think it's the, there's more value in it. Therefore, you can carry smaller amounts and make higher profits. So I think the risk first reward just tends to just to sway it in that way. I think that as you go up the the, the tiers of the different levels of dealerships, uh, if you will, uh, that the things become more risky when it comes to the marijuana trade. But I know that uh, from the, the associates and friends that I've had in the black market over the years, the stories that I hear, even on the lower level, about uh, other drugs, like those drug deals going bad. It's always worse. So, like, if you're dealing with pills, you're dealing with uh, other harder drugs. I've, I've had a friend one time who got robbed at gunpoint for, you know, 15 pill, ecstasy pills. So, I mean, th- there's a lot more violence that surrounds a lot of the, the you know, non-cannabis drugs. But either way, when you get up toward cartel levels of dealership where you're dealing with thousands and thousands of pounds of, uh, of product – there's a lot of money on the line, and you're going to have uh, some serious risk that you're involved with, not just from a perspective of you could get caught and get you know busted by the DEA, but also you know you cross somebody, you could end up dead. Well, I think also the clientele is is different. I think the average marijuana smoker isn't you know doesn't have a whole lot in common with a person who just prefers doing you know cocaine and heroin. True, they're less likely to steal from their loved ones to get a bag of pot than they are say heroin. Right. That's true, but then we're just going from our experience and yes. you know when it comes to uh the black market sort of by necessity there have to be lots of middlemen to uh you know lessen the risk for each person. But each person also gets paid, so it increases the cost and all mm-hmm. that. But, you know, we can't just look at our own, you know, the town we live in or our own experience to try to judge what the cartel of that drug was like or what, you know, if that drug had eyes, what kind of violence it's seen. It's possible that, you know, the coke got into the United States with relatively little violence, but then the pot, you know, there's five men died because of that particular shipment who knows sure i could see the cia bringing the cocaine in and then the pot coming in through you know civilians i guess well there are a lot of different (laughs) ways things uh things come in and but my point was that he was talking about the beheadings going on down uh down south and his suggestion was it's actually the government that's beheading people so as to make the drug war look more important or that you make the cartels look bad or whatever the suggestion was. It seemed a little far-fetched to me. I don't know if I've quite bought into that particular story. But either way, it doesn't matter because we know they're happening, like the beheadings are happening. And, and who it is that's behind them is irrelevant because they are results of the war on drugs. So yes. whether it's the government doing them or the cartels doing them – it's because these drugs are prohibited that creates territories. It creates violence enforcing the territories. Uh, you don't see the you know the manufacturers of liquor and and alcohol you know uh, beers going out and offing one another. No. You just don't right. see that happening. And the government isn't killing the Budweiser distributors. You know they're not doing that. 
So by, if, by making more goods illegal, basically the government, what it's doing is giving more power to the gangs because that means the most violent gang out there uh, that has the biggest hand from all the other gangs is going to make the most money off of selling that drug. So you're not it's not based on who makes the best drug or who meets the customer's needs needs the best. It's about who's able to get their product in through past the border or who's able to most effectively use force to control their competition rather mm-hmm. than actually competing their- through quality through customer service exactly. through price so whether or not it was government agents wearing government costumes who beheaded these guys the government is ultimately responsible for the beheadings Th- that's a good point you're absolutely right about that because of their prohibition they have created this violence because these violent incidents would not be happening if it weren't for prohibition if you don't believe us Go ahead and look back at alcohol prohibition and look at all the violence that was created by not allowing people to just sell alcohol. Or you could just look at the marketplace as it is and how much violence actually happens over people selling anything other than that prohibited products. You it just know? doesn't. It's just barely ever even. The ends. only violence that happens that we've seen in, in the news stories is from Christmas time when this, the shoppers, the buyers themselves, <laughs> fight over those few products remaining on the shelves because. They understand, you know, that that this is the place to go and you're not going to have to uh, bend to any rules or whims of a government. Yeah, and and you're really reaching to to come up with that example, too. Exactly. Because uh, you're talking about one day a year, and on that one day, you're still only talking about a few incidents of violence spread across a whole country of people going crazy and shopping and getting deals and all that. Right. Where do people think Al Capone got his power, though? Where where did his power come from? He was just a punk before Prohibition. Right. Just some some jerk that you wouldn't want around your business. So 855-450-FREE is the number. The only solution to ending the beheadings down south is total, complete drug decriminalization. Not just cannabis, total drug decriminalization. Right, because it's actually a war on people. It's not a war on drugs. It's a war on people, and it's a war on the behaviors that certain individuals find offensive, and those individuals happen to be within the councils of wise who wear robes and make words on paper have legitimate force. And it's not just against drug users either, because right. everyone listening to the show right now knows a drug user whether or not they realize it. That's true. Well, and, and just think of all the people that have been caught up in this war on drugs, whether, oh, I pulled you over and this cop thought you had drugs, so he had a dog search your car. Remember that Star Trek uh, convention car yeah, search Yeah, those two thing? guys that got searched. It's, yeah. uh, you know, there's a lot of people that have wound up, you know, caught up in this war on drugs sort of system yeah. just because they were in the wrong Casualties place the Casualties of wrong war, time. if you will. Yeah. All right, so 855-450-FREE is the number. By the way, Dave also brought up this news story about Trayvon Martin, which is being splattered everywhere as though it means something, uh, that uh, medical examiners announcing they discovered evidence of THC, which is, of course, the psychoactive ingredient in marijuana, when they tested Martin, Trayvon Martin's blood and urine. Uh, you know, of course, we're talking about the situation with Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman, which has you know yet to be resolved. What's the real story there? I don't think uh, that you know. I, I certainly don't know what the real story is. I do know that this George Zimmerman character should not have been doing what he was doing. He should not have been so suspicious and so nosy in right. this young man's business. Well, yeah, I think it's just completely tragic. The the whole incident is just. And I wonder what would happen if uh, Zimmerman took a drug test. No. Good question. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. But let's talk a little more about the Trayvon thing and why this doesn't matter at all, that he had THC in his system. Completely irrelevant. 
of the story. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Toll-free number here, 855-453-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features you'll find there waiting for you. freetalklive.com. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. Allie. And JJ. As we continue here, we will, of course, take your calls about anything. You can also join us uh, over at freetalklive.com and watch the webcam if you'd like. Go to cam.freetalklive.com. You'll find uh, the cam itself there, but also built into the same page are chat rooms. You can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners, and you can do it for free over at cam.freetalklive.com. Now, if you enjoy the fact that we give you the cam for free and the archives and all the other stuff on the website for free, you may wish to uh, step up and support this program on a voluntary basis, like by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote, and the idea is a simple one. That uh, you send us three bucks a month, we'll invest that into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board as well. Hoping to have a brand new station in Washington come on board, not D.C., but the state, um, in the Washington come on this weekend on our Sunday show. So looking forward to announcing that when it happens. Uh, but it's happening because of Free Talk Live listeners like you becoming Free Talk Live amplifiers at amp.freetalklive.com. Now, of course, you get special perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, the amp-only forum podcast where you don't get the regular podcast commercials and more go get the details get signed up and help free talk live get out there even further and wider go to amp.freetalklive.com that's amp.freetalklive.com according to the associated press medical examiners found evidence of marijuana in trayvon martin's system after he was fatally shot by a neighborhood watch volunteer according to an autopsy released Thursday in a massive package of evidence. Well, that, that pretty much explains it, Ian. I think we can close this Trayvon case. The guy was smoking pot, and it's against the law, so he was shot. You know what? That makes sense in my mind. Well, don't you know that smoking pot will make you go crazy? Yeah. I've seen that Reefer Madness movie, and I, I fully believe the government's lying. Also included in the release was an investigator's recommendation to prosecutors that suspect George Zimmerman be arrested on manslaughter charges. The investigator who was on the scene after the shooting wrote that the confrontation should have been avoided. That report came nearly a month before Zimmerman was arrested. Uh, the documents, photos, and video were turned over by prosecutors to defense attorneys this week before it was released to the media. And, of course, they say that they found THC in uh, Martin's blood and urine. Uh, of course, there's you know still a lot of controversy around this particular case. They get into some more of the details and the, you know, the, what the injuries were to his body. But I think it's important to point out here when you've got people like these Republican talk show hosts, as was suggested by Dave earlier this hour, getting on the air and using this information as uh, you know something to paint negative to paint uh, Trayvon Martin with, as though, ah, see, he is a criminal, he is a thug, he, he had it coming, he, he deserved it, doper, uh, just another doper. Uh, no, no, look, those guys who are saying that. 
they need to drug test their crew there behind the scenes at the radio station. If they if they really think marijuana is a problem or some sort of dangerous drug, you'd end up firing half of the staff yeah. at any radio Ian, network. Honestly, how many people do you think really? I mean, what I'm talking about is these these people you're talking about on the radio. These people that might be a little bit more intelligent than the average person. I mean, mm. you know, they they're quick quick minded or quick witted, whatever. How many people actually believe that marijuana is bad, and how many people are just saying Pandering. that because it's the party line? You know what I'm saying? That's a great question. I bet it's hard to believe these guys can think that marijuana is bad. How could they not know that uh, marijuana is widely consumed around them, right. in, uh, you know, especially in the entertainment exactly. business? Doesn't the Bible Please. say drugs are bad? The, does it? Doesn't the Bible Jesus, say drugs are bad? Didn't Jesus turn water into wine, though? <laughs> I don't know what the Bible says. I haven't read it. The Bible definitely speaks out against alcohol consumption in uh, like too much alcohol consumption, but it doesn't. Too much. It doesn't, or at least at least it warns about the possibility of addiction to alcohol, but doesn't really talk about other drugs that I know of, unless it's using some weird um, parable to talk about it, right. which no one could possibly understand. Then maybe it talks about it. But well, otherwise, didn't, uh, <laughs> isn't there some provision in the the Bible that basically says that? Uh, all the things on earth were put here for our use by God. Yeah. yeah. There are some people that speculate that the whole burning bush story and a lot of Bible stories are based on, <laughs> on people who, who, were, well, who were having trips and recording their stories. And even, it actually makes you know, sense. The it people, makes some sense. Well, I, I believe that the people who wrote the Bible could very well have been tripping or high when they wrote or talked about those passages. Mm-hmm. Some of them are pretty wild and they don't make a whole lot of sense. You're going to hell. Sorry. I don't he believe in hell. inside actually. the whale, man. Yeah. <laughs> and so he parted the sea, man, and it's like the sea just spread apart. <laughs> it was wild. <laughs> Right. How many, by the way, uh, I think the three of us in the room are, are familiar, uh, I don't want to out anybody, but familiar with the use of cannabis. Uh, uh, I, I've, I've smelled it a few times. Yeah. It's uh, aromatic. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're familiar. We've known people. I'll admit to it. I've done it more times than I can count. Uh, I don't, uh, I've never been around anybody when I've been smoking cannabis who has been violent, who has... Uh, you know, become more violent or even exhibited any violent tendencies upon the consumption of the cannabis. Have you? No, I I haven't. I think I've seen people get violent after they were antagonized in some fashion or there was some situation. Um, I mean, I don't have enough information to know whether or not anyone I've seen be violent was you know, under the influence of cannabis. But it's it's sort of like a, a situation where it I can probably count it on one hand how many times it's happened. And the other side of the coin, I should say, is that most of the time when I'm around people who smoke cannabis or who I've known to have smoked cannabis, uh, they're very peaceful and they're very chill. It's yeah. It's difficult to see how anybody would want to shoot them. And, and, you know, putting this in the Trayvon Martin perspective... You know, it's it's sort of like, oh, it's actually for me, finding out that he had marijuana in his bloodstream and his urine makes it more likely that he was chill, that he was cool with the situation and just wanted to get out of there so he could enjoy his buzz or whatever and just, you know, not deal with this dude who was being a buzzkill. He just wanted Skittles. Come on. <laughs> uh, Skittles are a... Uh, That's all he wanted on his adventure. It's a, it's a gateway food commodity. <laughs> that lead you down the rainbow and, you know, that's gay. That's wrong. Gay is wrong.
So I just thought it was important to get this out there. Look, uh, this is complete. Whether or not Trayvon Martin had marijuana in his system, had THC in his system, has absolutely no bearing on this case. None whatsoever. Uh, It is not going to make him more likely to attack somebody. If anything, it would make him less likely to attack somebody. But also, just because THC shows up or the remnants of THC show up in someone's bloodstream doesn't mean anything about what happened in that incident. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean Trayvon was high at the time. Well, I think it's more more interesting to know what was in Zimmerman's bloodstream. He's the one that actually did the action, which which we do not know someone. We don't know what was in his bloodstream. So, you know, it's it's sort of like, who cares what's in the, the unfortunate victim, the dead person's bloodstream? They got shot by someone else. What does it matter what's in their bloodstream? Check the other guy. Two acquaintances, by the way, paint an unflattering picture of Zimmerman in police interviews included in the newly released documents. A distraught woman tells an investigator she she stays away from Zimmerman because he's racist and because of things he's done to her in the past. But she didn't elaborate on what had happened between them. Uh, She said in an audio recording, I don't at all know who this kid was or anything else, but I know George and I know that he does not like black people. He would start something. He's very confrontational. It's in his blood. We'll just say that. A man whose name was deleted from the audio told investigators that he once worked with Zimmerman in 2008 for a few months, who, uh, by the way, that name was also deleted, the name of the company was deleted from the file. That man, who described his heritage as Middle Eastern, said that when he first started, many employees didn't like him. Zimmerman seized on this, the employee said, and bullied him. Zimmerman wanted to get in with a click at work, so he exaggerated a Middle Eastern accent when talking about the employee in question. The employee told investigators that Zimmerman made reference to terrorists and bombings when talking about him. It was so immature, said the employee, who ended up writing a letter to the management about Zimmerman. Now, of course, Zimmerman and his attorney are saying, well, he's not a racist. He works with kids. He works with black kids. And so, therefore, you know, he's not a racist. But yet you've got these people saying they definitely felt discriminated against uh, by him and this man was was aggressive. Well, his his attorney is going to say whatever he needs to say to paint a better picture for Zimmerman. But this is another case where government creates a situation where someone who has hate can have power. And they what was his what was his real job? Like he was just a neighborhood watchman, right? I, but did he I, I have? I don't know the, what his career was. Did he have a badge? I think no. I don't know the exact. What I what I've read from the stories is that he they work with the police. That's right. But they don't actually enforce the they law. They don't have he authority. Was not, right. He was not supposed to approach Trayvon Martin. He had called the police to let it, let them know that there was someone that he considered suspicious. And the police operator specifically instructed him to not interfere, to not get involved, to stay back and just keep an eye on things. But he got involved and then ended up shooting Trayvon. 855-450-FREE. You take control. Hour 3 is next. This is Free Talk Live. Hey, this is Mandrake. And this is Jay. And we're getting ready for Porkfest 2012. Porkfest is the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's happening June 18th to the 24th at Rogers Campground in Lancaster, New Hampshire. And this year's Pork Fest will be the best yet. Why is that, Mantric? Because of all the great speakers that'll be there? Or maybe the family fun events? Perhaps you're excited about Flaming Freedom's Big Gay Dance Party? Actually, I had no idea any of that goes on. You had no idea because you and I spend all our time running the George's Famous Baklava Food Stand. And that's why I'm so excited. Every year we get to meet so many great people who stop by for food and jokes, some of which are a little dirty. Yeah, about the dirty jokes, we should try 
try not to offend so many people this year. It was one person, and I thought her wooden leg was for the pirate party. Oh, and don't forget all those times you walked away for five minutes only to return two hours later. I kept getting mauled by all my fans. You fell asleep on a picnic table. Oh, right. Hey, you want to wrap this up? Go to porkfest.com and register today. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features you'll find there for you. They're all completely free. Unlike those other talk show hosts, who many of which would like to charge you five, six, seven, eight bucks a month for their website, we give it away. So enjoy it over at freetalklive.com and control the content of the site too by voting up or down on the stuff you like or dislike and submitting new things to the site. You can do that too. So when you find something online that you think is interesting that you'd like to share with our listeners, you can do that by submitting it as show prep over at freetalklive.com. So, still to come, of course, your phone calls about anything you want. And last hour, we started the hour before we ended up talking about uh, Trayvon Martin, THC, and uh, and the, the war on drugs, beheadings. We were talking about wiretapping, and specifically some court decisions, and actually not just the courts, but uh, the Department of Justice as well, coming down against state governments for arresting people for recording the police. And the first news story, JJ, that you shared with us was about Illinois having a, a court of, was it a court of appeals that had overturned? Uh, the Seventh Circuit Court. Yeah, the Seventh, so, seventh Circuit Court of Appeals? Yes. Uh, that uh, So federal courts overturned the Illinois courts that had decided that, oh yeah, it's fine for you to arrest people for recording the police. Well, no, they said it's not. Uh, that you know these cops have no expectation of privacy, and it's entirely within your rights to record these people. Yep. So that's good news. But you had another case, or another, ins- I guess, uh, item here that was uh, related. That's right. This one's from uh, Carlos Miller and uh, Pixic.com. Friend of the show, by the way, like Carlos Miller. Yep. Great guy. Met him at the, uh, the Liberty Forum this year. Yes, he came to Keene. And he did. He almost had, got arrested. Almost got arrested. <laughs> had a controversial video and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. It was great. If you go to uh, freekeen.com, you can search for Carlos Miller, and you'll get to see some of the uh, exciting stuff that happened while he was here in town. Exactly. So he's got this article here. Uh, U.S. Department of Justice slaps Baltimore police over right to record issue. And there's some really good quotes that I hope to uh, to get to later here in this article. Basically, the U.S. Department of Justice is coming down hard on Baltimore Police Department as it prepares to issue a settlement to a man whose footage they deleted after he recorded them making an arrest. The department, the settlement stems from a 2010 incident at the Preakness Stakes, which prompted the Department of Justice in January to send a statement of interest to the judge presiding over the resulting civil suit, advising him that such blatant action violates the Constitution and should not be tolerated. The letter provoked the police department into issuing a seven-page general order to its officers in February, stating that citizens have the, quote, absolute right, unquote, to record cops in public as long as they did not, quote, violate any section of any law, ordinance, code, or criminal article, unquote. Baltimore cops simply expanded existing laws to allow them to continue cracking down on camera-wielding citizens, including threatening arrest to a man for loitering. On Monday, who was recording them? Yes, right. 
Uh, he, he, it's just a man was loiter, man for loitering, and it's a hyperlink. So it's that kind of article where I'd have to click on the link to find out more. And- so couldn't the police just, uh, through a loophole, arrest someone recording and then say, just say it was disorderly conduct? Of course. Well, I think in this case, <laughs> they uh, tried to arrest this man because he was recording and call it loitering. Right. Well, that's another catch-all, yeah. right? So they've got a, a variety of charges. Oh, you're just standing there. Yeah. You're recording us. You're just standing there. Well, you're loitering. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, what? So uh, on Monday, the Department of Justice slapped the Baltimore Police Department with another letter condemning it for writing such a vague general order and for allowing the harassment to continue. It's a very impressive read. 11 pages of case citations and constitutional clarifications one of the most solid efforts from the federal government in protecting the rights of citizens to record police. The letter was issued less than 10 days after various journalism and civil rights organizations, including my favorite, the National Press Photographers Association, sent U.S. Attorney General Eric Holder a letter insisting he take action on the war on photography. As far as I know, this is the first time the federal government has drafted guidelines to local police departments on this issue. Hmm. The most extensive out of all the general orders I've read from police departments over the years. I'm I'm interested in this now. I, will you be posting this? Can you do? Do you have a, an account at the Free Talk Live? BBS? Yes, I do. I'd love to have you post that in the show prep uh, section because sure. I want to take a look at this. I'd like to print there's, this out and send it to the local cops. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, <laughs> links, a lot of hyperlinks that you can uh, find. He's he references a lot of stories in this. And um, let me just because I'd love to get that. Uh, it was an 11 page uh, notice from the. From the DOJ, yes. I'd love to send that to these local yokels here. That uh, the, the, the local police are okay with recording, but the sheriffs uh, at the, their courthouse have a real problem with it, and uh, that's one of the reasons why I was arrested there. Uh, not because I was recording, but originally I was recording their government bureaucrats at the court building out in their parking lot, and they they hit me with a no trespass order because of it. Right. Yeah. I, I, yes, we we did a, a story on that for Freaking TV about how Ian is basically being silenced through me no trespass and like five orders. or six other activists. But you especially, because I think you have the boatload of locations that you can't go. I think I probably have the most. Yeah. And then Derek J, the uh, the second most. It, it, it's interesting if you draw a map of Keene and you highlight the areas that Ian can't go. It's sort of like a chessboard <laughs> at this point, where Ian, oh, you can go there. Yes. Oh, you're, good thing you can move in a diagonal. Yeah. <laughs> so um, basically, he says at the end of this, uh, this it's right at the end of the article, um, but he hasn't had time. I would he love being Miller, Carlos uh, Miller. Yeah, Carlos Miller. I would love to break down the letter for you, but I'm still digesting it and it's late or early, depending on how much sleep you've had. So maybe you guys can help me out by copying, pasting the positives and negatives you find in the letter. And then he has a couple quotes from the letter here that are, are quite uh, interesting. So this I'll is the letter to Baltimore PD from the Department of Justice. That's right. Quote, members of the press and members of the general public enjoy the same rights in any area accessible to the general public, unquote. Quote, Hmm. no individual is required to display press credentials in order to exercise his or her right to observe, photograph, or video record police actively taking place in an area accessible to or within view of the general public. Wow. Another one. Because you're recording police officers in a public discharge of their duties is protected by the First Amendment, policies should prohibit interference of recording of police activities except in narrowly circumscribed situations. More particularly, policies should instruct officers that, except under limited circumstances, officers must not search or seize a camera or recording a device without a warrant. In addition... 
Policies should prohibit more subtle actions that may nonetheless infringe upon individuals' First Amendment rights. Officers should be advised not to threaten, intimidate, or otherwise discourage an individual from recording police officer enforcement activities or intentionally block or obstruct cameras or recording devices, which we've seen in Cheshire Superior Court. Absolutely. Not only that, but uh, how about the incidents or the incident where I was in jail at this time, but it was the Derek J. dance party where he's sitting in jail this for this right now uh, for throwing a dance party in the local park here in town, which is a very quiet party. Mark was there, uh, who's normally co-hosting on the show. He said he was 30 feet away from the area in which the music was being played. He could barely even hear it. So it certainly wasn't disturbing anybody. When the cops showed up to arrest, uh, they tried to, they were arresting Derek. It was during the process of the arrest that uh, Jason Repture, who was on a video, had a video camera out, was recording this. Police come up and try to move him out of the way. They actually shined a flashlight in his camera yes. to attempt to obscure him. That would be a clear violation of that uh, the provision you just mentioned. That's right. And not only that, but they acted in a coordinated effort. There were several cameras, and based on the footage of nearly all the cameras in that area, you can see the police officers each sort of get the idea, oh, he's going to apply pepper spray to this handcuffed individual and it's going to look bad. Let's all do our part to prevent footage from being captured. They sure did. But unfortunately, we they were not successful and we have good footage of Derek getting pepper sprayed while handcuffed, which is very unfortunate. They there's were one, somewhat successful. There's one more uh, quote here that I want to read. This principle is particularly important in the current age where widespread access to recording devices and online media have provided private individuals with the capacity to gather and and disseminate newsworthy information with an ease that rivals that of traditional news media. Absolutely. So And And they hate it. Yeah. The government government guys hate it. And I'm I'm glad to see that at least some of the people in the Department of Justice have their heads on straight on this issue. Uh, One of the few issues they have their heads on straight. Uh, I mean, I, re- I recently released a video showing Eric Holder saying how we need to brainwash kids in order to uh, promote people not having guns. You posted that actually recently at freekeen.com. Right. So folks can go there and see that. Uh, freekeen.com. 855-450-FREE. Probably have to scroll down a little ways. Might be on a, a prior page, but it's there. You can take control here. Give your thoughts on recording the cops or whatever's on your mind. Free Talk Live. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and two XM channels. FTL's also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com, and you can enjoy all the features that are waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. Listening options included. We've got live streams, broadband, midband, and narrowband, so different size streams for different size internet connections. Our radio listening options include over 100 AM and FM stations across the country. Our satellite listening choices include XM Satellite Radio, where you'll find us on two channels throughout the week. Uh, plus, there's our free-to-air KU Band channel, which is also available, and the webcam, the listen lines as well, which allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance. And, of course, archives going way back to 2006. 
All of it is free. Go to listen.freetalklive.com. Get tuned in. That's listen.freetalklive.com. And if you're thinking about starting a business, you can incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that could wipe you out personally. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents, patents, wills, and trademarks. You can use code FTL and save 10 bucks off your order by going to LegalZoom.com. Once again, LegalZoom.com. And we've been discussing uh, the issue of freedom of the press and your right to be the press. You don't need a press pass. In fact, I believe the Department of Justice, one of their quotes uh, in a letter, 10-page or 11-page letter that they wrote uh, to the Baltimore Police Department, who has been abusing people's rights, was essentially that you don't need a press pass to have the ability to record the police. You don't have to ask anyone's permission. If the police are in a place where they are publicly accessible, then they should be able to be recorded. That's right. And I think that's it's a great thing that all of these, we have the Seventh Circuit Court, the First Circuit Court, we have the Department of Justice. So we have a lot of these sort of federal entities that are backing up this right to record. It's unfortunate that so many states have a problem with this. I, I don't know why. The, obviously, the state. Well, we know why. Well, we know why the states have an issue with it, but I don't know why it has to come from the feds. Because I've pretty much, I've abandoned pretty much all hope for the feds to do anything right. So me too. I don't want to support them because they do so much wrong. They hurt so many peaceful people. They kill people around the world. I can't bring myself to support them. But I, I, you know, I certainly can cheer them on as far as well. Hey, you know, the broken clock strikes right a couple times a day, and in this case, they've got it right. Does that create any kind of moral hazard whereas you know it's easy for a lot of these things just to say well you know different states can choose how they want to go about that issue but it shouldn't be the federal government doing it but then when it comes to things like the right to record police officers i'm you know it's i'm not going to get in the feds way if they want to make that national law that you can do that but i think it's a slippery slope because if they make it the law, they can also tweak the law to make it actually work against uh, reporters in the press. So it's one of those. Is it should it be left to the states to decide if they want to well, allow people to record? Violating their own constitutions. I mean, here in New Hampshire, the right of the free press uh, shall you know it shall be invaluably preserved, which is a huge joke. I mean, they're not doing anything to preserve it at all. They're completely uh, just running roughshod all over top of it. Uh, so I agree with you, though. It is a slippery slope, and I don't support using the federal government to get my way, which is one of the reasons why Brad Jardis, who was hosting on Monday nights with us for a little while, we maybe end up shuffling him around, kind of moving folks around, but uh, he's a former cop. He's one of these inside-the-system guys, and he believes in using the federal government's laws against the state governments, and I just don't, I can't do it myself. You know, he's uh, suggesting that I would, I should take this, you know, state government suppressing people to court, to federal court. And I'm like, well, I can't do that because I don't, I don't pay them, so I don't feel right. It wouldn't, it wouldn't feel right for me to go in and use their services if I'm not paying them. Well, I don't think you should feel like just because you don't pay for these services you you don't allow yourself to be coerced into paying for these services that you should feel like you're not right in using them i mean why because you, you shouldn't i shouldn't i pay for something i use do you drive on the interstates well yeah well you're using it and you're but not I have to i mean i i you know there's pretty much if i'm gonna go well you don't it's, have to it's not, but it's you'd not, be going out of your way to not do that it's necessary isn't that i mean i isn't the interstate come out of gas taxes anyway it does yeah so, so technically, I am paying for that. Basically, gas is sort of a use. It's but a what I'm saying is, fee. you can't 
in a business that gets its funding through coercive measures, you you don't have to look at it that way. You're not ripping anyone off by using the services just because it's basically like the slave owner decided to put a pool in. Just because you're against the slave owner owning slave doesn't mean that if you're a slave, you can't use the pool. It's hot. It's a South. There are cotton, picking pers- cotton all day. <laughs> There's no doubt. There, I think one of the more persuasive arguments has been that, well, it's the only option. Like you can't get, uh, you don't have the ability to use an arbitrator with these people, right? So there's not any other way to bring them to justice, these state government guys. And I think that's a pers- that's a pretty persuasive point. But I don't know. Ali, well, you also don't have right. to. You also then shouldn't vote uh, for Ron Paul because if you don't pay the feds their money, well, what say should you have and who's that's president? True. That's true. So Good point. you can't really apply that consistency. I, I say, you know, if you see it in your advantage to take something to federal court, I don't think you should allow the idea that just because you don't pay federal taxes get in your way of doing that. Yeah, I, I personally don't see it's it's sort of like you're put into this situation and regardless of whether you like it or not, the state is going to aggress against you because that's that's what they do. I mean, that's pretty much all they're good at is giving people a hard time. So no matter what you pay for, it's not like they're going to stop giving you their services when they arrest you for anything. You know, they're not going to stop giving you your services when they take you to court over things. So it's it's like they could care less. It's that little bit of obedience is mainly for the masses, I, I think. It's sort of one of those, you know, like the, uh, what do they say, the, uh, the tax money that they give for federal taxes actually just goes to pay the interest on... The, the, federal, debt. the debt for the Federal Reserve. So it's like you know, that money isn't even paying for anything. Their that, business model is not a pay-per-use model. Their business model is a, I'll steal your money and you'll get what I give you. Yes. True. But I don't like letting them steal my money, so they haven't been very successful at that. that. So <laughs> let's go to the phones here. Jason listening in Indy to WXNT. What's on your mind tonight, Jason? Well, I I feel like we're missing the um, argument on this. Uh you know, it, it, I don't think it's the fact that Trayvon smoked marijuana or had marijuana in his system. It was a point that we're just now hearing about it. Where, it, granted, they didn't—they may have not have known it. You know, the police, the you know, as far as the, the entire investigation until now, until they're you know they're disclosing everything. Um, but it, I listen to talk radio all day long and. I feel like we need to read between the lines on this. Um, and by the way, thank you for having me on. Sure. What do you mean when you say read between the lines on this? When, when I say read between the lines, I think the argument that is trying to be made is not so much that he had marijuana in his system, but we, we have tried to portray, or, or the media has tried to portray this kid, you know, as the sweet 7, 12-year-old, you know, not a thug with gold in his teeth, which isn't a problem, but it's it's not a true, real-life, current perspective on the kid. Well, what does that have to do with him smoking marijuana? I mean, all kinds of people smoke marijuana. Yeah, and and God knows I have. Does that make you a thug? 
What's that now? Does that make you a thug? Because you smoke some pot? No, no, it, it does not. I'll tell you it what, hold that thought, Jason. We'll bring you back here in a moment. It does not make me a thug. But stick, it also stick with us. We'll bring you back. We want to make sure you have a chance to, uh, to get your thoughts out. 855-450-FREE. More with Jason and Indy here in a moment. Also, your calls as well about whatever's on your mind. At 855-450-FREE, you can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Bardo Fest is a camping gathering at Bardo Farm, an off-the-grid, eco-friendly farm in Croydon, New Hampshire. Attendees will enjoy live music performances, sustainability workshops, comedy, firearms education, terrific farm-raised food, vendors, and camping under the stars. Treat yourself and relax at Bardo Fest, May 25th through the 28th. A full festival pass, including camping, is just $50. Go to bardoproject.com. B-A-R-D-O project.com. Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 855-453-1855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com. We've got the bulletin board system where you can go and get interactive. BBS freetalklive.com. You can interact with other listeners there. Also get our show notes, so the stuff that we talk about on the air. So JJ was just telling us about this article over at Pixic.com, P-I-X-I-Q, with Carlos Miller reporting on the Department of Justice laying the smack down on the Baltimore City Police Department and their policy of arresting people for recording uh, video of the police. The documentation's all there, and you just posted over in the show prep uh, section or the show notes section, JJ, uh, and I have just pulled up that document so I can print it out for my uh, my case. Yeah, and, we, and it's a good thing for you if you're going to go out and cop block or film cops to bring this sort of literature with you because it's uh, you might persuade them to not take you in a cage, but it's doubtful. Um, but then again, you can definitely use it in a court case. Oh, what is that document that I handed you, sir? Remember that? Oh, yeah, that was this. Can you show it? To, yeah, that's right. The one that says you shouldn't be doing this? Absolutely. Did you, you take any time to read that, sir? <laughs> you could also send it to the police department in advance, exactly. uh, kind of like the ACLU did, as we were discussing earlier. But by the way, if you want to make your activism more effective, move to New Hampshire. Join the Free State Project. Get together with other people that love the ideas of liberty. The reason why the three of us, uh, Ali from Alabama, JJ from Wisconsin, myself originally from Florida, uh, the reason why the three of us are here in this room together is because of the Free State Project. Because... We knew that in order to make our uh, chances at achieving liberty in our lifetime greater, we had to get together with people who think like us. Uh, the, the, all the activism that we've been telling you about over the years that's been happening up here in New Hampshire never could have happened where I come from in Florida. Could not have happened. No. We just didn't have the people. We didn't have the numbers. We didn't have – and of the people that were supposedly activists, we didn't have as many of them that are actually doing anything. So you've got to get together. You've got right. to bring the, the efforts uh, so you can multiply one another's efforts and help each other out. Like I was t- telling Ali, uh, I was basically relaying my uh, Ron Paul story as I sort of – before I moved here for the Free State Project, I was a meetup organizer for Greater Milwaukee mm-hmm, for, for Ron, Ron Paul's 2007 presidential uh, primary run. And I had, you know, 100, 150 people in the meetup group. For That's Greater, greater Milwaukee is 1.5 million, so you figure it should be a pretty big group. And if I got three people to show up to do a sine wave, I was oh. lucky. And so that, that's what Jeez. caused me to move to New Hampshire. And as soon as I came here, you know, I hung out, and there's regularly 
large groups of people willing to do all sorts of things. And currently I have... Yeah, six, all you have to do is ask them. Six or seven people helping with the TV show. So it's like you can get stuff done here. Absolutely. But you've got to be willing to take the initiative and create. Uh, had you not stepped up and been willing to take the lead on the TV show, there'd be no TV show. Right. Unless someone else stepped up. And we don't know if they would have or not, but you did. You took the reins, you took the initiative, and now you've had a product that's been on the air for nearly a year. It's been in production for uh, over a year at this point. Yep. And folks can go to tv.freekeen.com to see the episodes of Freekeen TV and see what just a few activists who are willing to commit to a regular schedule of production are are able to accomplish. And I think it's it's quite the accomplishment. There just aren't very many other liberty-oriented TV shows out there uh, that aren't you know well-funded like John Stossel, right. you know. Uh, you know, you can literally count the liberty-oriented TV shows on one hand. You, know, you got John Stossel, Penn and Teller's BS, which is off the air now, uh, and Freaking TV. And right. there are plans in the making to make Freaking TV even better than it is. A substantial Ooh. change, so that's that going to be exciting. exciting. All right, so I'm sure you'll tell us more about that when the time is right. Uh, let's uh, let's get back to Jason though. He's been waiting patiently. He wants to talk about the uh, Trayvon Martin, George Zimmerman case. Uh, Jason, uh, with the News coming out that yeah. uh, Trayvon Martin had THC in his in his system. You're saying this is right. somehow relevant. I, I guess you know, I didn't hear enough about no, what you had yeah. to say. So go ahead. Here's my argument. You know, I feel like for us to be free, okay, we have to hold the media accountable. They control so much, and and I, I truly believe that you guys feel the same way Mm -hmm. and just the fact that you feel like the media has gone wrong in this i apologize how has the media messed up this story it's been completely slanted from the get-go until now when when you know some of these police reports are coming out and and not that not that the THC is, I don't think the THC is the issue, even with talk radio pundits. I, I think the fact that the media has just portrayed him as this infallible kid that, you know, just happened to be walking through a neighborhood, and that very well may be, may be the case. Well, right. But, no one has alleged that Trayvon Martin was doing anything wrong. He was just walking to his girlfriend's house. You're exactly right. But n- nothing has been reported at all in a sense that it, well it has been reported i apologize but it any prose any positive stuff about george zimmerman has completely been comes becomes swept under the rug it's you know it from the get-go it was just oh i don't care about his character guy. he was a racist kid and no and we shouldn't and and, and that's not the issue My, the argument should be why has the media hidden it? And why do we just continue to just like be spoon-fed everything? By what, whether you listen to MSNBC, whether you listen to Fox News. I don't you know, listen to any of them. We, we, should be, we should be free to come to our own conclusions. I agree that the media shouldn't be spoon-feeding people their positions on things. I think people would have to learn to think for themselves at some point if they didn't have a media that did that. Although I think people do appreciate the media will give them their ideas so that then they don't have to think for themselves. Apparently that's something people look for. Uh, But I have heard the argument that this story has been used to uh, 
made big, been uh, expanded because it fits the narrative that certain outlets want to put out there, which is that race is a huge issue and there's all these races going out shooting black kids. And, you know, it's a, you know, racism is an issue. Look at the justice system, though. If you want to look at the most rampant case of racism, they should be looking at, you know, prisons and uh, court the courts and how that they're how dealing they with this. How they target blacks and Hispanics uh, right. and poor whites. How, how do you mean? Well, what, how, I'm sorry, I don't understand what how the justice system. Uh, well, first of all, one of the stories we're not going to have time to get to tonight, but maybe uh, JJ can put it on hold for next week. Is uh, the, no, 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 please. I mean, I, I just well, no. You asked a question. That... I'm going to answer your question. Uh, to give an okay. example, Louisiana has the most incarcerated population of the entire United States, which means it has the most incarcerated rate of the entire world. The U.S. has a, a tremendous level of incarceration, and it's uh, it's mostly against uh, Hispanics and blacks, and of course, poor poor whites as well. Uh, and so what you're saying, Ali, is what I'm hearing you say, and tell, correct me if I'm wrong, is, well, how, how come if this is fitting this narrative, why why isn't the media focusing on those things, right. the bigger issues? If they really wanted to find evidence of racism in the United States, why don't they look to the government and what the government does as far as putting people behind bars and it's disproportionately skewed against minorities? Right. In New Orleans, for well, example, no, no, no. hold on one second. No. New Orleans, one in seven black men is in prison, on parole or on probation. Which is a, a huge, huge rate. Yeah, but you have to look at the, the demographic of that area, too. You no, you can just look across that. the whole country, man. I mean, I can yeah, tell you. No, yeah, and, and each pocket of the country, I mean, there are so many pockets of the country, I mean, that, you know, you have to, you have to factor in the demographics of the big, the larger urban areas that are mostly populated by those. I can tell you, if you are a black guy in Keene, uh, New Hampshire, where there's maybe 10 uh, black guys, that uh, you are going to be targeted more so than uh, than other people. I mean, it's a fact. You can talk to people who, who are blacks or Hispanics, uh, regardless of demographics. They are unduly targeted by the police for enforcement. Yeah. It's a fact. But the, okay, media isn't I, talk- I, the media isn't talking about that, and I think that goes to what Ali's saying here, is that there absolutely is a bias in the media, and it's a pro-state bias. Because how come they aren't reporting on the the uh, the cops who are killing people, not just blacks and Hispanics, but uh, you know uh, white guys as well? I mean, the cops oh, are no, out I there murdering people left and right, and there's nobody calling them out hardly. Jason, thanks for the call, man. You can call no, again tomorrow night. We've got more folks that want to get on the air here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Talk Live. Moments remain. Enough time, perhaps, for your call if you make it now at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features on the site. 
Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. Allie. And JJ. And if you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com. That's where you can link into Amazon. There are Amazons for Canada, the UK, and the US. Click into the right Amazon for you. Get your shopping taken care of. And whatever it is you're ordering, Free Talk Live will get a portion of the purchase price because you're entering through our links over at shop.freetalklive.com. Again, shop.freetalklive.com. Oh, and by the way, the URL for the Free State Project is freestateproject.org. But more importantly, we are now one month away from the beginning of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's going to be here before you know it. It's still not too late to get registered. 35 bucks will cover your entire week. You still have to pay for camping on top of that. But it's a camping festival where hundreds of like-minded, liberty-oriented people will be gathering. They'll be having fun. They'll be uh, playing games. There'll be family activities. There'll be music. There'll be live performances. Uh, there's going to be a roast. Free Talk Live is going to be broadcasting live. Agorist vendors. People are going to be selling things without government permission. I mean, it's just a blast. Highly and make sure to stop by the Shire Society Pavilion. Excellent. Because there's going to be so much going on there that you're going to want to see. And for those fortunate... People that uh, have YouTube, there will be pretty much everything will be put on YouTube because I'll yes. be running a camera rig that will be record pretty much everything going on there. I, I, it's exciting. It's going to be great. And you can learn more at porkfest.com, P O R C F E S T.com. Uh, we're going to continue here taking your calls. Chris is on the line listening in California. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, you guys. Um, hey. I have actually kind of like a, a positive kind of critique. Uh, with regards to the activism uh, that you guys are engaged in, um, okay, and then and then actually a, a really positive idea. Um, basically, like I've made a really long study myself, and this is just really my opinion, but it's really up for you guys' consideration. Um, <clears throat> I've been studying uh, philosophy and Immanuel uh, Kant's uh, philosophy on the categorical imperative, which means that. Um, we don't respect individuals because necessarily that they own themselves, but it stems from the fact rather that they're rational beings. Like none of us can know anything exactly for sure, but one thing that we know for sure is cognito ergo sum. Like I think, therefore I am. So, hmm. a lot of times, what happens is is what turns me off to that getting involved in that type of activation. Uh, what type of activism? Activism is, for example, when you know the Adam and the man type of scenarios because. You know, the cops, yeah, they're cops, and they're acting like tyrants, but we're still using them as means to an end, you know, and it doesn't seem to be in the long run very effective. Now, What I, is it you're referring to? I, can you give me an example of what, <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, like, for example, you know, when you go, you know, to a place where there's a bunch of people and you're making a bunch of noise and you're like, it's freedom of speech and that type of thing, and the cops come in and, you know, like, you're obviously causing a distraction. Like, people don't get it. They don't <laughs> think... On that plane, that doesn't get converts. And the the point that I'm trying to make here is that I'm not Mormon anymore, but I grew up in the Mormon Church. Okay. All right. And I, my family in the Mormon Church goes way, way back. <laughs> and a lot of my friends are Mormon. And if you want to play in the arena of like mass conversion, okay, it's it's not done that way. Not even historically speaking. So you you're like, saying no protests. I, well, you can protest, but you see, like, I went on a mission, and they sent me to South America, you know, and, like, leaving the United States and entering into this new paradigm and being in contact with actual poverty and that type, type of thing was, like, this huge challenge, right? 
But you see, the thing is, is we weren't going, you know, 19, 20, 21 years old, we weren't going up to houses to be like, hey, you want to join our goofy religion? We were going up to their houses, we were like, is there any way can, we can serve you? And then, you know, we were, we were going up to their houses, we were like, we have a message about love, hope, and compassion. Can we come in and sit down with your family? Mm-hmm. All right, and what I'm saying is, is that we baptized thousands of people, dude. And, you know, whatever can be said about the cliches about Mormonism and the magic underwear and that type of thing, that's the only way it's really going to be done. I so, like that, but speaking, do you recognize that maybe you, they agreed to being baptized because they are thankful for what you're doing for them, not because they think their religion is so credible? It's, 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 the, it's the love and compassion. Listen, I've, I, trust me, when I was a missionary, I tried to be really smart in, like my, in my reasonings and stuff like that, to like all the reasons why intellectually they should become a Mormon and that type of thing, and it never worked. But irregardless of whether it was funky doctrine I was talking about, when it was centered on love and compassion, when that bond was made between me and that other person, they became part of, you know, our social network, so to speak. I think it's great to come from a had- perspective of love and compassion, and I try to do it as uh, as often as I can and reject anger and but shift away from me- those sorts of it's things. It's methodology. Well, I just to, want to talk a little bit more about what you're talking about here, because maybe you've misunderstood uh, some of the things that go on around here. First of all, you're talking with three different people on the air here tonight. Each one of those three has different types of activism approaches uh, as right. far as the things that they consider important. But I hear you describing more of like a protest chanting sort of thing, and I don't do chanting. Uh, that's not my thing. I don't do that. Um, I, you know, if I'm going to hold a sign, I'm going to hold a sign, I'm going to wave and I'm going to smile at people. I think chanting is, uh, it's despicable. So what specific are you critiquing that you've seen go on up here? It's, it's the whole thing about taking really seriously when you guys are talking about the principle of non-aggression. If you're going to take that principle seriously at its root, you have to understand what it means to, to have the categorical imperative of treating person really as an end of themselves and not as a means. That's cool, but you're not answering okay. my question. I'm asking no, I you. I am answering your question because it doesn't matter what it is that I do or whatever hypothetical situation I give you. That's just the point. You well, I'm not asking for a hypothetical. I, you're, you said you were critiquing activism that you'd seen go on. So right. I'm asking you for a specific example of something you've seen. Well, all the, all the video guys, videos that you do, you know, you uh, do when you're. For example, the one with, uh, what's his name, the other guy from Utah that was running for president, and who <laughs> wasn't even really that important of a guy, and you guys showed up, and there's, you guys were like on top of a balcony or something, and everybody was, was downstairs. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so the Huntsman right. event, uh, right. where me, myself, and uh, right. Derek Jay and some other folks showed up with signs, right. we went up to their... John Huntsman was giving a speech at the right. local college. There was uh, two tiers, so there was the the ground floor and the upper right. floor, and uh, we went and we held signs up uh, up above the uh, the area. What was the problem mm-hmm. there? Yeah, well, the problem is is the whole point is the idea is to get the cops out, right? So nope, that wasn't the idea. Come. The idea was to stand that there and is, hold signs. You guys, like, really seriously, that is like the no. I wanted to stand there and hold signs. Been going on since like the sixties. Like the yuppies couldn't get it right. What I'm saying is, is that if you want to look seriously at what it means to mass convert, that's the way it's done, historically speaking. Okay, the so the thing that you guys are doing has been done by four, and it produces results, but it's only to a limit. If you want to take it, so you're saying go door to door to the other. You should level, do that. You need to go door to door, and you need to be like, this is not about regurgitating because that's not going to upset people. Going door to door and trying to convert it's them not. politically. 
It's not, because it's not about regurgitating Rothbard. It's about well, just leaving all that aside and just focusing on... I hope that you do this. Here's why... You might be right. You might be right in some aspect, but I just have to say at least this. I think that you can't really... Where did you say your mission trip was? It was in Uruguay. Okay, I don't think that you can make a direct comparison between Uruguay and the United States and say... I can make a direct comparison. Well, Listen, what I'm saying I, is that no, the people there are needy and they will believe any philosophy or at least pretend to if you give that's them food. That's not true. That's not true because what you're saying, you guys... You incentivize them by the giving them what they want and need. You guys' reasoning. You're assuming that I just converted those guys because I was hanging around a bunch of poor and uneducated people. The Mormons go door to door in this country. Mormons go door to door in this country too. How's and they're work, a lot less way? successful, probably. Yeah. How's, how's it gone for you guys when the Mormons have shown up? I mean, they care. They want to approach you from love and, and peace. And I compassion. avoid. I, if a Mormon, if anyone who looked like a Mormon came to my door, I'd probably not answer just because I don't want it to be awkward when I have to tell them that I just frankly know that I'm not going to become a Mormon. There's a lot of Mormon missionaries who aren't very good missionaries, but what I'm telling you guys, if you look at the history. Chris. And you talk to the people who are actually out there doing it. You could even look at the evangelicals. Great. They're hey, Chris, here's what I'd suggest for you. Uh, you know. When you, you know, if you want, go ahead, give it a try and let us know how it works. And if it's a re- really successful method to bring people on board with the ideas of liberty, certainly people will join you and they'll, uh, they'll well, come on board really with that. What I really need to know is have, under your, you know, have you guys consider is whether or not you guys realize that you commit an act of aggression against those police officers when you use them as your props. Oh. Wow. <laughs> wow. You are, are you trolling? Are you trolling, dude? I'm not trolling. Yeah, I'm you're trolling me. Come I don't on. buy that I'm at all. An act of aggression the when we use the police oh as props? You are absolutely ludicrous. Wow. And I wish I had more time no to talk to you. So call us tomorrow night. We lo- I'd right, love man. to talk to you further about this, Chris. Call yeah. anytime when we're not running out because that's what we're doing right now. Yeah. An act of aggression, Ridic. huh? As though I want the police to come and arrest me yeah. and my friends. He thinks that. He Absurd. really thinks that. I do not support acts of aggression against police officers. Good luck with your door-to-door recruiting. I don't particularly be very successful. Why did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like... Do this right now. I wanted to be around people like me who got it. And once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. Immigrating to the Shire was easy. I was instantly plugged into a community of individuals who also care about peace, liberty, and justice and are willing to do something about it. The people here are awesome, loving, and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here. And I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why, if you love liberty, you should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com.